First of All podcast is brought to you by First Republic Bank. The world is changing and your needs are evolving. As your focus turns to what matters most to you and your community, First Republic remains committed to offering personalized financial solutions that fit your needs. From day one, you'll be connected with a dedicated banker who will serve as your primary point of contact throughout your relationship with the bank. They'll be there to listen to you, understand your values, and meet you on your financial journey. Your banker can offer solutions that support your goals at any stage. From setting up a personal checking account, to refinancing household debt, to buying a first home. As your needs evolve, you can call or email your banker at any time for the support you need. Because First Republic believes what matters to you matters most. Learn more at firstrepublic.com. That's firstrepublic.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to... Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang, and thanks so much for tuning in for this week's episode. How you guys been? It's been a moment. Hope you're staying safe and sane, as always, because this year is still a mess, particularly if you're listening from the United States of America. If you're elsewhere, God bless you, and I hope that you you just live a better life than this dumpster fire that we've been having in this country. Um, we're very, It's been very special. And uh, I realized that my last episode that I published was preparing and processing the election, which, oh my God, feels like eight trillion lifetimes ago. But then that's kind of on brand with 2020 and how everything's been going this year. So what else is new? Um, I just wanted to regroup with all of you guys because the year's not over yet and a lot has happened and just taking a moment to reflect and check in with all of you guys. I'm really touched by the fact that, I don't know, I do, you know, I have listeners for this podcast, but the fact that people notice that uh, if I take a hiatus or something, checking in is really, (laughs) it's really touching. It's crazy how much um, creating digital content, creating content in general can kind of really just form a community. And uh, there's like this extended group of friends that I have now because of, first of all, I'm very touched and, um, yeah, I just wanted to check in with all of you guys, even though this is not a two-way conversation. It's me talking to you. want to know how you all have been um, because it has been a crazy year. It has not stopped um, newsflash since the last episode of First of All. If you haven't been paying attention to the American political arena or and or have been living under a rock, we have a new president-elect, Joe Biden. And we have a new freaking vice president-elect, Kamala Harris, which... Man, having a woman and a woman of color, a black South Asian female taking the vice presidency is just absolutely crazy. And it has not stopped being crazy, obviously, since the election because we all anticipated it but could not have fully been prepared for the madness that we just knew Trump was going to wreak, Um, not conceding, creating all kinds of just BS, doubt, and drama and trauma in an already traumatized country about the validity of the election, about, you know, making these stupid, ridiculous, dangerous claims of fraud. Um, Yeah, it's just, it hasn't stopped. But at least we had that moment. It was a really beautiful moment. And I don't know even if I have the capacity to kind of reflect on all of that. Because it was just such a, an important moment in history for America. I do think, um, you know, larger, large ripple effects for the rest of the world that we voted that horrible troll out of the office and have a glimmer, more than a glimmer, I think, a ray of hope um, that we can get better, that we can be better and that we can fight for what's right and have what's right prevail. I also have an issue with the word prevail because the GOP, which is, I think, horrible and spineless, um, keeps using the word prevail. But anyways, we won't get into like rhetoric and linguistics right now, but that word has been kind of triggering. So it's funny that I used it. Anyway, um, yeah, that has been a really, really significant thing to happen 
since the last episode. And um, I wanted to just reflect mainly on things that I'm grateful for. I skipped through Thanksgiving without having an episode. And um, yeah, I just still want to do my best to be in a mindset and an attitude of gratitude. So the reason why there was a hiatus for, first of all, why I needed to take a moment or 10, however many I took, um, was that my grandmother passed away. And uh, she's my maternal grandmother in Korea. And then right after that, I came down with the flu, which was great. Um, It was really bad. And for probably like three, four days, I was worried that it could be COVID. And so, yeah, that was a really fun back-to-back ass-kicking thanks 2020. Again, totally on brand. But it's crazy kind of the place that I'm at right now with this renewed sense of of hope and gratitude, even though two really sucky things happened recently. And uh, I just, I, I guess I really just wanted to document the story because it was, it was kind of crazy. And I did, you know, share bits and pieces on my personal Facebook amongst my friends. And I really, really appreciate this incredible outpouring of love that I received in light of that it was kind of like unprecedented. But um, I thought it'd be cool to share what happened with my grandmother's passing because I'm still reflecting on it, reeling from it, because it was really kind of wonderful and miraculous in a way, I guess, the way that it went down. So basically, my grandmother is 92 years old. She is strong as hell. Um, She was strong as hell. Her spirit still is because it lives on. But um, she she was just such a vibrant spirit. Like she was not low key. I don't know how else to put it. Um, She spoke very strongly um, and she had a presence. And in her later years, in her 80s, you know, she went through having an aneurysm um, she fell down a flight or more, more than a flight of stairs um, at her apartment in Korea. Um, my grandma has lived in the same house that my mom grew up in, and my mom's in her 60s. So my grandmother's been just like, she's been she's been going, you know, she's, she's not really slowed down her pace. She's climbing this hill because she lives in the older part of Seoul. And um, she lives on the second floor of a building. She climbs that hill and climbs those stairs pretty much every single day because she still goes out to shop, hang out with friends, go to the bathhouse, like just go kick it, like live her life, take walks, go to the park. Um, she's been always been such an active, strong person. And she's overcome a lot of physical uh, ailments and pains and tumbles. And she's just, she's been thriving. She was 92 when all of a sudden she was going through a lot of pain. And, um, it was inexplicable. They didn't know what the cause was. So obviously Korea has been really, really amazing about COVID. So they've been um, having way less cases, but you know, they've been handling it because they've been so strict about people going out, about wearing masks, about quarantine and all that stuff. So my grandmother was in the hospital. My aunt and uncle in Korea were taking care of her and she was going through all of these tests and experiencing a lot of pain, mainly headaches, um, which they're doing CAT scans and doing all sorts of blood tests and lab work, trying to figure out, like, was it cancer? Did she have a tumor? Like, did she have a stroke? Like, what was it? And they couldn't come up with anything conclusive. So the news came to my family in the States. My mom is up in the Bay Area, but it didn't get reach us until she'd already been suffering for, I think, over a week. Uh, my uncle and aunt, you know, they're aware of how stressful everything has been for everybody. And they informed my mom that my grandma had been in the hospital after it had already been a week. And so my grandma had been suffering for a while. And my mom, you know, feeling really helpless here in the States, not being able to easily just fly over to Korea and see her mom, was finding out this news, was telling the rest of us, you know, to lift my grandma up in prayer. 
And it was just, it was a, it was a tough time. You know, it's, it's tough when you're losing a grandparent, when you're losing somebody who means something to you and everybody has their different beliefs about afterlife or about what happens to our bodies and our spirits after we die. But just, you know, it's, it's a really, I think no matter what your beliefs are, it's, it's a moment of reckoning for anybody to just come face to face with mortality and to recognize, you know, my biggest fears was not really about me dying. Like I've had fears about dying, um, just really hoping that it happened quickly and painlessly. But I think my biggest ongoing fear in my life since forever, since I can remember is people that I love dying. Um, my earliest memories have always just been about my dad because I've always been worried about his health. He's been a smoker since I can remember. And I could kind of like feel his stress and his anxiety. Like maybe this was like the early onset of me being an empath or whatever. I just worried constantly that people I loved and people I cared about would be taken from me prematurely. And I've always dreaded that. I've always had maybe like an irrational fear. And I don't, again, when we get into the depths of therapy and psychology, where that stems from, if there was a specific trauma that um, that stems from, I don't know. But I just remember I've always had this crazy dread and fear that people I love were going to go and that they'll be taken from me and just always being scared of that. Um, so it is a really big fear to have actualized when somebody you love and especially somebody that maybe you didn't get as much time with that you wanted is going to go. So there's, you know, we're all going about our lives, all trying to survive, especially in this year, you know, just make ends meet, deal with the the basic stressors of finances and health um, the well-being of others being isolated and then having that layered, it really just struck it so deep of like what everybody has been going through this year. I mean, I, I feel in a lot of ways I've been so fortunate and kind of cushioned from the bigger blows of what the pandemic has caused. Um, I've still been able to work because I'm voice acting and um, still being able to pay my bills without too much stress. I've been stressed, you know, for my family. My parents' business has been struggling, you know, just worried about all my friends and stuff. But me personally, I haven't been going through that, um, taking that big of a hit. And so um, it's just, it just was such a smack in the, in the gut, in the soul, in the heart to realize like so many people have been struggling with losing loved ones left and right. And those numbers and these stats that we've been honestly hearing about all our lives, we hear about this, like, oh, so-and-so passed away and oh, my grandma passed away or my grandfather passed away. And they just take, everything takes a different shade and a different impact when it's you personally. So um, yeah, it, it just really sucked to hear this news. And for me, my rational mind in this survival mode that I've been in this year being prepared and honestly having lost more than one friend this year to COVID and to I what I believe and I want to understand is COVID-related illnesses or just hearing so many um, stories of people getting cancer or just different really intense um, health conditions. My rational mind was wrapping my head around the fact that my grandmother is 92 years old and so I just needed to really focus on being there for my mom because this was a natural part of life that I needed to come to terms with and focus on what I could do, which was be there for my mom. And that part is the part that actually really hurt. I mean, I was already going through so many feelings of sadness and regret of how much I didn't go to Korea enough to see my grandma because I really did feel close with her, even though I only saw her maybe like six or seven times in my entire life, like physically spent time with her. I felt a connection with my grandma. And that's the other part that I've been really thinking about is like how we qualify close relationships in our lives that... You know, some people will really qualify based on how much time you spent with them. But I have had multiple people in my life where I haven't felt um, that I got, you know, not felt that I haven't physically been able to spend that much face-to-face -face time with, but I did feel a tremendous emotional, spiritual connection with them. And so, you know, if something were to happen to them and or if they were to be gone out of my life, it it would take a really big emotional toll and impact. You know, it didn't have to be that I saw them every single day at work or at school or whatever. It's just like 
the moments that we did share made made them stand out and made them important in my life. So my grandma, you know, I was rationalizing a lot of things like, am I just being sad because somebody's dying or because a relative's dying? Is it because of my guilt? Like I was un- unpacking a lot of these different feelings. But at the end of the day, you know, you really kind of take stock of what somebody meant in your life, especially when they're about to be gone. And I had to be prepared for that. And I just remembered all the meals that my grandma made, all of the parts of my history and my family, my roots uh, being Korean meant to me and what I discovered by spending time with her. And when I was eight years old, that was the first time I went to Korea. And I remember staying at her at her house and how much her food and her love and her comfort, even though she was a stranger to me at that time, she was a brand new person. I remember feeling her love. I remember feeling this connection of, I guess, like, you know, her grand maternal instinct on me and how much just being embraced by her did feel natural. It felt right. It felt loving. It felt safe. And those are things, you know, as a grown woman, I can really take stock of now and recognize how important and how impactful those things are um, in shaping a person for the long term, for their long, you know, trajectory. And having that love from her meant so much and I just remembered specific things and I got so sad, just like that I couldn't eat her tenjangjige, which is soybean paste stew. It was bomb. Like she made it with the best vegetables and with clams specifically. I'd never eaten that before. And I just remember having that for the first time and for my entire life have always compared every tenjangjige I've ever eaten since to that first bowl because it was always that good. And every time I went back to Korea, it was always that good and always that comforting. Um, it was just her special harmony grandma sauce that she put in, you know, with her love and her specific palate. I don't know. It's just all of these small things take on so much significance. And I was definitely thinking on that with sadness, but with also so much gratitude that I've been able to spend that time with my grandma, that I could have a relationship with her, even though she was an ocean away, even though she was living, living in a completely different universe than mine. Um, I just know, like I've heard stories from other friends that have lost their grandparents early or never met them at all. Just again, how how fortunate I've been to have that. Scarce as though it might have felt at times that, you know, oh, she didn't live close by. I didn't get to see her all the time. And um, it, it, I went through massive waves of guilt, even that like, you know, we have technology and I didn't reach out to her more. I have Kakao Talk. I have Skype. Like, why didn't I make more of an effort to keep in touch with her more regularly? It made me reevaluate like my career trajectory. It made me feel guilty about the way that I have made and spent money like the it just made my credit card debt that I still have right now I'm still working through hurt even more because I was like damn if I hadn't been in credit card debt this whole time I could have spent money to fly to Korea more regularly because that was something I did want to do um to have spent more time with her to gotten to know her more and to know more about my past and hear it directly, you know, from her. She was just such a good storyteller. She was sassy and blunt in a lot of ways. She was kind of brutal. Like, she just told things like it was. And um, I don't know. It would just been really, it would have been really great to get to know her more. That's something, you know, I might always regret. But I'm working through that. And that's, those are all parts of this preparation and part of the grieving process that I've experienced since losing my grandmother. But the one thing that I really did want to kind of just like document here on the podcast, because it was really amazing. And if there's anything that I've learned from this year is like, don't ever take those amazing moments for granted. And whatever my podcast has taught me is the beauty of like digital content or storytelling is that we get to commemorate these moments and keep them forever. And so one of the things I want to keep forever is this little miracle that happened right before my grandma passed. And um, it goes to the people, anybody listening out there who knew that this was happening, that saw my Facebook, that sent up a prayer. This is shout out to you because it was this shared moment of of like a a little miracle. So basically, um, going back to what I was saying, my grandma was sick. She was in the hospital for, I think, almost at about two weeks when this this moment happened. Um, She was in a lot of pain, not sleeping, not eating because she was just in pain. She couldn't function. And um, the doctors were doing whatever they could to figure out what was wrong. Things were coming up inconclusive. It was driving them a little nuts. It was driving my family nuts. And um, yeah, all we wanted for her was to stop suffering. And 
even talking with my mom, you know, it makes me learn more about my mother and how strong of a woman she is, not only just in like her, uh, her ability to be resilient and strong in tough moments, which I've witnessed more times than I could ever count through and through all over my life. You know, just my mom's freaking strong. She is a positive, strong person. Not only that she um, can handle the blows that are dealt to her, but she remains like joyful and optimistic and she can still smile. And it blows my mind about my mom, despite her faults, like she has her faults and I can dish it out to her, but I choose not to as much as possible. She has her faults, but like, I am constantly blown away by this aspect of her. And I actively, consciously want to embody that part of her because I think I have part of it in me. But just her optimism and her ability to see the good in everything is mind-boggling. And so she was, I don't know, every time I step into thinking of like losing my mother, like I'm getting teary now, immediately, like my heart breaks. I cannot fathom something more terrible in my life than losing my mom. My mom's losing her mom. And all she's thinking about is like, her care, obviously her relief and accepting the fact that she's 92 years old and that she's going to probably go soon, either now or in the near future. So my mom's sitting there really thinking about my grandma's um, health and just sharing that with me that all she wants is my grandma to feel better. And if she has to die now, if she needs to go, then so be it. Um, Honestly, me being a child, I would just be like really just sad and crying that I want to be with my mom and that I can't hold her hand and be there with her. But my mom's strong. She's a grown woman. She's wise. And um, yeah, she's just like really caring about my grandma's suffering and her salvation. So I, if you haven't listened, there's like some interesting conversations I've had with both Abe uh, Abe Kim and Priska Liang, where we talk about religion and stuff, but I, I'm not religious anymore. I haven't been for quite some time. I grew up very religious in a Baptist Korean church, um, which is the fodder for a lot of my creative work that is forthcoming and in the works, but I, I don't go to church. Um, I do believe in God. I do believe in spirits. It's something that I still think about a lot. Um, but I just, I haven't, so, prescribed or subscribed to the the church that I once grew up in. But my mom still does, and we respect that about each other. She knows that I don't. But all she's wanted was my grandma to accept Jesus Christ um, as her Lord and Savior, or just to be aware and love God and um, go to heaven. You know, that's something that my parents and I talk about now, and it's a very loaded topic because my parents are you know, getting closer to 70 every day and they're getting older. And we talk about death because it's like that one certainty. It's that scary, sucky thing that we kind of have to just face. And um, my mom just wanted to know that my grandma was going to go to heaven. And she really devoutly believed that my grandma accepting Jesus or praying or something, you know, acknowledging God would be like the thing that would signify that she would go to heaven. And um, my grandma, again, was 92 years old and was devoutly Buddhist. She grew up and lived her life, never once caring to go to church, not being about Jesus, none of that. And my mom has been a Christian for like, what, 40 plus years now. And um, very devout Christian woman is my mom. And she wanted my grandma to accept Jesus. And she always refused, always. And my aunts and uncles in Korea are actually Catholic. And so they also pray and believe in God. And again, when when offered to my grandma, she's like, nah, I'm good. It's cool. Like, she's like, I'm not about that life. And she was just, you know, into her prayers and she was into her Chinese zodiac and she was living that life. And so it was crazy. And so my mom, that was the main thing on my mom's mind. And my heart was just breaking for my mother, like hearing her cry and hear her sound like a little girl again, you know, like worrying about her mom and wanting to be with her mom, like broke my heart. And I was like, what can I do to make this situation better? What can I do to help my mother? Like, what can I do just to bring some kind of relief 
to this pain. That's all I wanted. So I decided to go to Facebook and um, because I believe in positive energy. You know, again, I don't know what the mechanisms are. I don't know what structure is the truth or whatever, and I'm always seeking it. But um, I believe in the power of prayer because I believe in the power of positivity and intention. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Facebook. I've been weird about asking for help, but because I believe in positive energy, I would be really grateful if my friends on Facebook could lift up a prayer for my grandma in whatever form they want to, whether it's just saying a nice word, thinking a nice thought, having a good feeling for her, or straight up praying to God or to Jesus, right? So I did that. Um, It was Saturday afternoon, and I just wanted to do something nice for my mom, honestly. Um, So I put on Facebook, asked people like, hey, my grandma's in the hospital. I don't know what's happening. Can you guys please pray for her? That's it. And the response was kind of ridiculous. I knew my friends are amazing. I have incredible, kind, generous people in my universe and in my networks. So I didn't expect like no response, but it was just like a very um, intense like people were texting me, messaging me and like saying all these really wonderful things, which was just more than what I expected. And um, I was just so touched, a little uncomfortable. I was like, geez, like, I don't know, can go into that later. But I was feeling uncomfortable and weird for some reasons, but just overall really grateful. And I thought, you know, I went to bed that early. I was like really physically winding down, which is the beginnings of my flu. But I was like, oh, this would be interesting. Like, this is so wonderful and kind of everyone to be so um, lovely about my grandma being sick. I really wouldn't be surprised if I woke up tomorrow and she's like suddenly miraculously better. I thought that as I went to bed at like 11 on a Saturday. So at midnight, I woke up the next day at midnight. My mom had messaged me and she said, your grandma's stable now. She's not in pain anymore. And she's like sleeping. And I was like, what the, what the actual, like, what? Because I called it, I like anticipated it, but that was pretty dope for that to happen. Um, surprise, surprise, she was better. But here's here's where it was kind of crazy. I found out more details because they came as time went on. Um, that a, a couple days prior when my grandma's pain was the most intense and she was moving so much trying to sleep and in pain that she couldn't even keep like the IV. I think she kept taking the needle out and she was starting to see people. And that's something pretty common across people that are dying, that they see people that have already passed in the room with them. Now, I don't know how, anybody listening, if you get creeped out by that kind of thing, like I believe in spirits and she was seeing people in the room with her. She was talking to my uncle and she told my uncle like, I need to go and you're not letting me go. Um, so that's crazy. You know, it's crazy to hear like your own relative have that kind of experience. And it, it did give me like the chills, but it was also kind of like I'd heard of this before. So I wasn't too surprised, but I was like, oh, maybe. So this is why my family, you know, as much as we were hopeful that she would just pull through and um, survive it, like she had survived the aneurysm, like she had fallen down and broken things you know like she was a survivor but we were also like she's 92 and this really might be it so we were having to prepare for that and I just felt so bad for my uncle because like she straight up told my uncle like I need to go and you're not letting me go I don't know how I would feel if my mom was saying that to me when she's dying and I'm trying to keep her alive and like oh it's just a lot right so we're dealing with that so she's already seeing people in the room with her seeing um that there are people there to take her the night that the night that everybody prayed for her, right? I posted this post on Facebook and this flood of love and prayer from my friends and family came between the hours of like 3 p.m. and midnight, which is when we got this update. So about nine hours, right? Um, During that time, in that window of time, my grandma opened her eyes, was lucid, and my aunt was there. And my mom, prior to this, my aunt going to the hospital asked my grandma asked my aunt to please pray for my grandma because we're they're all under the impression my grandma's going to die um you know she's seeing people in the room with her she's on her way out please my mom was so distraught and heartbroken she's like please pray for her ask her to pray and ask her to like accept jesus my mom was like i'm probably not going to be able to see her before she goes this is the one thing i care about please promise me you'll pray with her and like try to bring her to God. So this night, 
between 3 p.m. and midnight, whatever the hour was in Korea, which I believe it was the morning, my grandma woke woke up, um, took my aunt's hands and made a cross on her chest, which is what Catholic people do before and after they pray. She made a cross on her chest and prayed with my aunt. And my aunt prayed over her, prayed for her soul. And at the end, my grandma said, amen, which she's never volunteered to do in 92 years. And then she went to sleep. And that was the last time my grandma was awake. So the timing of it just shook me, suffice it to say, (laughs) and um, gave my mom so much peace. So I talked to my mom the next morning and she was just so happy and peaceful. I take that back. She wasn't happy. She was peaceful. She was still sad. She's losing her mom. But there's this calm that came over her and she was no longer suffering as much as she was just the day before when I talked to her when we didn't know what was going to happen. So then my mom uh, got on a plane and that night and headed to Korea, and that night, my grandma died. So that's the larger, longer story that I didn't share in its full completion on Facebook and everything. I didn't care to. I was just really sad. But there's something kind of, not kind of, there's something really beautiful, miraculous, and communal about what happened. And I still, to this very moment, feel really moved by what transpired because that was so unexpected it wasn't what I could have dreamed up still really thinking about the implications and like what it really meant and like what it all means in terms of God and where we go but I'm just so thankful every time I think about that moment I'm so thankful to everybody literally hundreds of Facebook friends and just friends and family members who reached out and cared. They cared about me, my family, my grandma. And it's so freaking beautiful. Like what? What? You know? So I just needed to say thank you. I wanted to share the story because it's really special for me, but I also know that stuff like this happens all the time. Miracles really do happen every day. And I am one of those people that for personal reasons, like actual things that happen in my life, and just because consciously and conceptually, I want to be a person who sees the miracles in every day. I really try my best not to take things for granted. Like, That's what law of attraction is like kind of opened my mind to so much to be more conscious of like the miracles of life, the things that we can be grateful for on a regular basis that are are truly special and that we're not entitled to. But that exists to our benefit, you know, like when people stop and appreciate a flower, stuff like that, you know. There's something to be thankful for every day, even when your loved one is dying, even when we're isolated and alone. Like, I was just floored by how caring everybody was and how cool it was to kind of see the impact of this collective loving thought. Like, I don't care what any other people, there are going to be people out there who are like, it was just a coincidence and fine. That's cool if you believe that. I, to me in my heart, because this is not the first example of this, this is like the hundredth or thousandth example of this. I believe in the power of positive thought. I believe in the power of gratitude and love. I believe in energy and vibration. I believe that when we are pure hearted, when we are sincere, when we are earnest, when we have faith, when we put that out into the universe, good things happen. And we need reminders of that. So even if like my grandma's passing and this like the power of this prayer for my friends, maybe to whoever's listening might not be that unique or special or miraculous because you yourself have have experienced that, which is so dope. And that makes me really happy. Um, It's miraculous for me. And 
that's like a big scale miracle. But like, I also want to just take note of the fact that like mortality and um, us leaving our physical bodies, it is, this is a temporary thing and it is a very short experience. That is what I think mortality always reminds us. This is what I think COVID is reminding of, reminding us all about, you know? The fact that death is imminent or that it could happen just any second from any place and that like death has been happening so much this year, whether it's just like the cumulative stress that we're all under. So if you don't catch COVID, but like whatever could have been like pneumonia or cancer or whatever is just further exacerbated by the fact that we're so stressed out and that we're lonely and isolated, not able to experience warmth and hugs and good energy from one another. And that alone has been the thing that has been making people's health decline. Regardless, like, this has been a really tough freaking year health-wise, right? And the fact that, like, in my grief and my sadness and, like, just coming to terms with my grandma being gone and, like, crying for my mom and just honestly, like, recognizing how much time I don't have guaranteed with my mother. The fact that I got the flu right after, come on, you guys, like... I mean, it's like poetic and horrible and brutal all at the same time. But of course, like, this is my life. It is what it is. But like getting the flu and getting my my health just like deteriorate from underneath me and like honestly have the true fear that I had COVID was just another wallop for me, you know? And now that I'm regaining my health and I'm able to walk again and like run again and like, dude, the flu this year, it was just, it sucks so much ass. Like, please go get the flu shot. Just be safe. If I didn't die, that's, yes, that is a huge win. But like experiencing that kind of debilitating like sickness, it sucks. Like, I don't want that for anybody. It sucks. Well, maybe Mitch McConnell because that's whatever. But okay, that's terrible for me to say, but like that's the truth. Um, but it sucked. Okay. And I had body aches. It was brutal. And I, again, I don't, I'm a bio nerd, but I haven't kept up with all the permutations of the flu virus. Maybe it's just gotten worse. And it, like, maybe the flu shot I, I heard is only like 60% effective, but that's still like way better than zero. We are we are vulnerable creatures, is what I'm concluding, and that um, life itself is a miracle. Having good health is a miracle. Being able for me, being able to go outside and enjoy a walk, even if I have to wear a mask and stay socially distanced, is a little miracle. It's something that I'm grateful for. Sunshine, I'm grateful for. Taking a breath without it hurting is a miracle. Getting up without having my body like literally crumbling beneath me so I can go to the bathroom is a miracle. Like it's. Those are like these like, you know, renewed views on life. And I'm totally still riding that high because I don't want to forget these things. The things that I've been through previously in my life, like the abusive relationship that I had when I was 14 and 19 has colored my life forever. I don't like that. I don't want to be like, oh, my life was like completely impacted. But it is like there are things I experienced in that relationship that I am okay with never forgetting for the rest of my life. The fact that I handed control over to somebody that was a very broken person who tried to control every single thing I did, including when I ate and went to the bathroom, talked to friends, all of that. The fact that I still can do that of my own free volition right now as in my 30s, I still think about that. The fact that I am going to be grateful for the fact that I'm alive because my grandma has passed and because my mom and my dad eventually, I don't know in what order will go, but eventually this life is going to end. Um... It can be a really dramatic and like morbid thought, but like I, I'm okay with that. Hopefully, influencing me to just maintain more gratitude on a regular basis. Okay, 2020 sucks ass. It has been so hard, but the fact that I've still been able to record a podcast and like be able to talk to all of you guys on a wide scale, I'm grateful for that. Holy crap! Just being able to like let my feelings out. Period. Just that. Not even anybody caring to listen, but just letting my feelings out. I'm grateful for that because I've heard so many stories and talked to so many people through the course of having this podcast and like living my life and being in the entertainment space and being around artists. I've met so many people, countless people that can't articulate their thoughts and feelings. And I would actually lose my mind. I think me, Minji as a, as a human being would like implode or evaporate or something like burst into flame if I couldn't 
say my thoughts and feelings. Like, holy crap, that's a totally different kind of suffering and and uh, prison for me. That's very dramatic. But like for me, I'm an expressive person. I got to say my thoughts and feelings. And if I don't, I I think I would quickly extinguish. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that I'm able to do that and hopefully give space to somebody else to like process their thoughts and feelings, to not even be able to say it out loud, perhaps with like their voice, but even write it down. I don't know. Or like storyboard it. I don't know. The fact that like this exists is a freaking miracle. And I've thought that along the way. It's not just because my grandma died and just because I had the flu that I've thought that. But I want to document this and I want to put this out into the freaking universe because I think it all the time. And it probably said it on another podcast. My memory is totally <laughs> leaving me. So I don't remember. But just in case I didn't, I'm going to say it now. I want to live a little bit more authentically. I want to, again, continuously. This has been an ongoing thing with, the, first of all, and to anybody who's been following along, thank you. Thank you so much for giving a crap and hearing this. But this is like for me, from me to you too. Whatever has been hindering you from seeing things that are miraculous, that we are not entitled to, that is truly a gift. Every breath, every friendship, every relationship, every lesson learned from somebody, even that you hated, being able to get to a place where you can actually like let go and forgive, like that journey, that path, that experience, that realization, these epiphanies, these moments of like being humbled of honestly, even for me, like getting my ass handed to me and being and getting like reckoned with, right? Like being being shown in like the clearest of terms that nothing is guaranteed and that I don't deserve everything. You know, like things are not we're just not entitled to them. And that helps me kind of clear a lot of BS. And it helps me have a little bit more courage because I still am a scared little girl that's still scared of like losing everybody. But despite that, despite that fear and despite my, you know, this ticking clock that I I still am like grappling with the anxiety that has really taken over my life, especially in 2020, like recognizing I am a very highly anxious person. I'm going to face that a little bit differently because of these realizations and these like moments of gratitude and these conscious efforts to embrace life and milk every second of it because I don't know when that's going to end. There was one point during the middle of my flu where I fainted pretty much and I really was like terrified to my core that I had COVID, that maybe like all of these ongoing stressors in my life has debilitated my immune system because I've gotten sick a lot in my 20s and 30s, um, that maybe, you know, this accumulation of stress in my body has actually made my body more vulnerable and my immune system not as strong as I thought it was. And maybe COVID is going to be the thing that ends me. That thought crossed my mind and it scared the shit out of me. Okay. And I remember like being on the bathroom floor and being like, I'm not going out like this. This is not how this goes. This is not how I end. I'm not going to the goddamn ER. I'm not going to die from COVID. This is not happening. This is not happening. Like I was thinking those thoughts. And I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's very mingy. But it is what it is. That was the truth. That's what I was thinking. That's what I felt. And to have those moments of reckoning and those moments of terror not again for other people in my life, but for me, it, it just makes you kind of get up out of bed differently. I don't think I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to still have my anxiety. I'm still going to have my moments of like being doubtful and petty and weird and like lazy and all that stuff. But for now, I'm going to take this energy. I'm going to like, I'm milking this energy and I want to put this out into the universe. That's what I wanted with this podcast was just to like be a voice in the multitude of many voices out there to offer something that hopefully can help somebody. That's it. If I can impact anyone to have a little bit more pep in their step or to have more gratitude or to devise a plan or to throw out their plan, whatever it is, wherever you're at, that's all I want. That's all I care. And so I just wanted to have this like little rampage of gratitude for anyone who listens to Abraham Hicks, you know what I'm talking about. Have a little rampage of gratitude because I am so freaking grateful to be alive right now. I'm not at 100% health yet, but 
I'm getting there and I'm grateful for that progress. And um, there's going to be changes. Like there's a lot happening in my life <laughs> that I don't have enough hours to record on the first of all, and I don't want to bore everybody. But eventually I'll get there to share that. And because um, right now everything's a lot in the air and inconclusive, but 2021 is going to be wild. Every day is wild. 2020 has been wild. We all know this. Um, I, I have a feeling that, you know, we've kind of been changed for good this year. And its ripple effects are going to be, I think, forever. And I'm accepting that. I'm not going to even, like, cry about that or be lamenting about it. I think, hopefully, this is up to us to, again, the attitude of gratitude. That's a choice to seek it out, to practice it, to make it a habit to like really feel it. And once it's in your soul, like, I don't think there's a lot that can extract that or take that out of you. That's something I learned from all the trauma that I experienced as a teenager. Those things changed me forever. It changed me forever. I I will never be the person that I was before that happened. That person that would have not experienced that and had moved forward in life would not be me here period. And I personally feel grateful for that. I'm grateful for the time I had with my grandma. And speaking of like that abusive relationship, my grandma was one of the key people that helped me survive that. She was one of the people who helped me become a human again. Um, And there are pieces of that story that I've yet to fully reconcile and definitely have not shared with the world. But I went through some stuff that... um, I'm still working to have space to like talk about, but my grandma was one of those people. She just made things right. She made things better. So I'm very grateful for that. I'm grateful for her impact in my life, her existence, her love, her care. And I hope that she's in a better place and she's resting. Um, I know she's with my grandpa. He died five years ago when I turned right for my 30th birthday. My grandpa died because he was hit by a drunk driver and she lost him then. And she's been wanting nothing more than to be with him. She's been saying it for the last five years all the time. Like, I just want to die and go be with him. And it's crazy. Like, life is crazy. And I know that they're together now and sometimes it's hard for us to like grapple with a lot of different things, whether it's like mortality or just being sick or being broke or being stressed or having conflict with relationships. But in the grand scheme of things, I hope that, um, you know, any bad thing can be a reminder of the blessing that life really is at the end of the day. That's really what I wanted to leave y'all with because it could very well not have been any of this. I could very well not have had any of this, but I'm here with all of you and I appreciate you listening. I got my Spotify 2020 wrapped uh, data back yesterday. I found out I had a 119% increase in followers. That's crazy. Um, been, I'm being listened to in 55 countries. Like what the, what the crazy is that? And my biggest increase in listenership was in Australia. So hi australia i freaking i love you guys i i truly love australian people because i think that there's such an exuberance and like zest for life that is just so dope and i really really hope to visit australia sometime really soon i want to travel if you didn't catch on i really want to like live life to the fullest and so if there's any way for me to like get out to australia yo like let's make it happen i want to visit i want to do more meetups like obviously being isolated i just want to hang out with people period but i really want to connect more with first of all i want to invest more i've had this like incremental imposter syndrome thing that i'm trying to shed over the over the last 130 whatever episodes i've had but um i'm getting there and again life is short and i want to live it to its fullest so i would love to meet people and thank you thank you to everybody who's cared to listen thank you to everyone who's taken something from this podcast and like paid it forward out into the rest of the world if i did that I'm eternally grateful. I'm very touched. I'm honored. And let's just keep making more stuff. Let's share more stories. Let's go out there, be bold, be yourself, be grateful and do the right thing. Do what's right for you. Live truly and authentically. I think it's the best thing we can do, right? However much time we have. So I love all of you guys. And um, 
shout out to 2020. We got a couple more weeks left. There's going to be some more episodes that I'm going to release. But um, get ready for 2021. I'm planning ahead a little bit more and getting more focused. So it's going to be exciting. Thank you to Marvin Yue, my audio engineer and producer. Thank you so much, Marv, for holding it down and being a friend and being like a great collaborator. I appreciate you so much. Thank you to Juliana Deer for being like just such an amazing asset to my first of all team, helping me carry on when I was like decrepit and falling apart. I love you, Juliana. Thank you so much. You're amazing. I appreciate you so much. Thank you to my first of all Patreon patrons. Um, Our hangouts have helped me survive this year and I love all of you. Thank you for helping me financially keep this microphone and the Wi-Fi on. If you'd like to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash first of all podcast and you can become a patron. I love all of you guys and I appreciate you. And thank you to Uzuhan for his use of his song Uzu Trap for the intro and outro of this song. And yeah, I'm a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collective of Asian American podcasters and storytellers. If you enjoy this, please subscribe, follow, uh, leave a five star review. It, it helps get my podcast in good standing and helps get the get the word out. I appreciate it very much. It gives me a really big boost of gratitude and uh, confidence because I don't know what the hell I'm doing half the time, but I'm doing it. And uh, yeah, you can find first of all on Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, and everywhere else you can find podcast so help share it uh appreciate you guys go to my instagram at minjeezy or at first of all pod follow along on the story you can go to the link tree if you'd like to support in other ways donate amazon wishlist all that fun stuff is out there just grateful for all of you have an amazing week i'll talk to you soon and i love you bye how did we get so low yeah tell me now how did we get so bros yeah Oh, no. How could they be so rude? Swear I'ma lose my cool. I won't be made as a fool now. Me and me and me and me. I'm tired of retreating. Don't retreat it. All that womp 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 sounds to me so obnoxious. Boy, you pledge yourself. Hey, I'm Phil Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, we got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallsbruce.com. Peace. Peace.